Welcome to Tuke Talk, a video podcast by the band Tuke, and brought to you by Blackfrog Media. We chat with the best in the music industry from yesterday and today with a focus on the good old days of Canadian rock. This episode originally streamed live on Tuesday, July 27th, 2021 on Facebook Live. Now, here are your hosts, Todd, Brent, Shane, Corey, and Darren. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Apparently, I still have something to learn about how to start the show properly. <laughs> Corey, you're doing right. a killer job. We're I'm here, aren't we? Rolling button. We're here, aren't we? That's fine. That's all that matters. Yeah. We're yeah. here. Welcome to Tube Talk, everybody. Hello. Hi. Three out of four. Shane is still enjoying. Well, is he on an island? I'm not sure. Well, no Some one's quite sure. Tropical getaway. Must be nice. Yeah. Pretty hey, awesome. uh, I'm just Todd and I were in a I gotta talk about this. Todd and I were in a Disney movie uh that just came out. We need to pat right. ourselves in the back for that. Hey Todd. Yeah, we were animated. We're we do the vo- voices of some mice. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What's that all about? That, that probably pays a lot more money, actually. Can I be an animated mouse? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, this guy, Eddie Braun, so so several years ago, not several years ago, but a few years ago. Eddie Braun is a stuntman. The film is called Stuntman. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um, he had taken it upon himself. He's been in everything. He's been in uh, the Blues Brothers, uh, some Tom Cruise. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. He did like all that stuff. Six. I think he might have done some... He did a bunch of stuff like that. Stunt guy, mm-hmm. anyway. And he decided at some point to take on the, um, the idea of doing this evil Knievel jump from 1974 at Snake River Canyon in right. just outside of Twin Falls, Idaho. Um, yep. So evil tried it in a rocket and it went up and I think the shoot was deployed earlier or something. Isn't that the case, Brent? Yeah. It, did, it didn't happen. didn't quite go as, as planned. And it's it, been a, a sad, you know, like mar on evil's legacy. Cause that was, that would have been freaking cool, but wasn't meant to be. Yeah, Evil had, I mean, Evil was the kind of guy that he certainly never shied away from doing any of this stuff. He just sort of, uh, you know, broken bones and all. When you really look at the kind of motorcycle he was riding and those things like that old school hardtail Harley Davidson that he was making these jumps on, they were right. not set up in any way for any of the shocks or any of the things that were happening. So he was constantly breaking bones and barely surviving. It's funny to consider that the whole daredevil type thing was just really a very 70s phenomenon you know you don't i mean i guess jackass is sort of you know the new it's level the new of version. that kind of stuff yeah i just saw the new trailer for the jackass the new it jackass looks, movie it looks next level yeah <laughs> those movies are always <laughs> gold yeah um so anyway but i eddie think braun eddie braun gonna, took it a, go ahead i just want to say abc sports though helped highlight that kind of stuff because there was limited television for all of us in the 70s i mean we had lots of TV shows, but That's remember true. that ABC wide, wide World of Sports, everybody saw what it. And in the had, wide world of sports? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and having evil jumping every weekend was, you know, that's basically, it's, you know, defining stuff for our childhood. And Eddie Braun, I think he's just a couple years older than us, but clearly we were all like, we were all evil Knievel fanatics, you know, growing up as a kid, so. I think did you have, have the, did you have the, the bike? That Brent was pretty awesome. Now. Brent has it now, actually. Oh, come I, on. I know. They they reproed these things. I've got to get one of those, too. Oh, my God. Those were you such a big that. deal. You need that. Everybody needs this. I remember there was a van. Like, he had, like, a like a, a big truck-type thing. And, and there was actually, van. 
Yeah, and there was actually a. Uh, um, they actually made like the uh, the Snake River kind of rocket thing as well, but um, huh. it just kind of ran on the ground. They basically made a toy of every vehicle he had, if it was yeah. a race car or a bike or something, and it was that was pre Kiss merchandising. If you think about it, that was early seventies. Huge, was, like yeah. monumental, you know, parlaying all that toy stuff with a, with a, you know, with a sports guy. Like, what Derek? Like, what was he? He was just everything. He was like, just a, he was, yeah, he was somewhere between Elvis and a superhero, and yeah, and a Elvis guy. on a motorcycle for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Eddie Braun. By the way, Darren says he says I'm there. It says ready to be invited. I don't know. Yes, I see him. Tell him I see oh, him. Okay, he looks really okay. good. Okay, and we'll bring him in in two seconds. <laughs> Darren's in Thunder Bay right now. The green. He's room. in his hometown. Yeah, our Darren. We should we should make note of that our Darren isn't here. Obviously, Darren Steen is uh, back home dealing with family stuff. So yes. we're thinking of him. He's the best. We love him. And to be honest, it's not the same without him. Uh, you saw that intro. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, it's uh, anyway, it's so true. Eddie. Eddie Braun uh, is a stuntman, and he he came to us at one point, and he wanted uh, Slash and the guys to cover Rocket Man by uh, Elton, Elton John. John. And, Very appropriate. Um, yeah, so we we did it at Sunset Sound, which was kind of cool too, because that's where all those early Van Halen records are done. So Brent and I were both mm. like, you know, kind of on that. And then so they just released it. So so Eddie did the actual jump. Um, I don't know if I should give too much away because you probably should see the film. It's the really cool thing about it is that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, got involved uh, as a producer and helped him kind of turn it into uh, what it is. And they um, it, it, throughout the series or throughout the film you're watching it, there was supposed to be a Fox. Do you remember this? Fitz? they were gonna it was gonna be a live Fox TV. Yeah. Um, they were gonna cover the the jump live, and then it was switched to TBS TNT, I think, and yeah. then it, now it just exists as a as a film on, uh, hmm. on Disney Plus, so it's pretty cool. All when right. I you, when I go, hey Loki, and you know, oh Star Wars, and you know, Mandalorian, hey, and the and the stuntman movie that we we're in, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. That's I mean, really we, cool. we we basically Congrats. played we played music. We didn't jump any anything or anything like that. But, no, but Eddie's, and, really, Eddie's but really good great dude. Too we talked to him pretty regularly. Eddie did have cameras rolling for the entire experience. Once his idea of you know this whole jump. So yeah. the cameras followed us in the studio. So we make our little, you know, appearance in the documentary as ourselves, as musicians yeah. playing in the studio. So, but it's a, just a great story. You know, everybody's yeah, is, yeah, due sure. for a good story right now, especially after the pandemic. And Eddie went up and down and around, you know, making this happen, basically funding it himself. And those Fox and TBS deals were in place and then went away. So yeah. the story is just a huge, you know, a big like what a great idea and then what a letdown and then another you know it's just you got to watch it because at the end of the day it's just a great great documentary and a great hollywood story for a guy who wasn't in front of the camera but was you know basically mm -hmm. has always been behind the camera so and he's a dear friend of ours and uh anyway can't it's kind of cool for todd to and I, it. sounds sounds it, amazing yeah it was fun I, I i recommend watching the film anyway even though you know, mm. whether you want to see Brent Fitz's smile and face on TV or not, it's, uh, it's <laughs> well, I'll skip those parts. <laughs> yeah, I just got to fast forward. Fast forward. <laughs> I wish I was wearing my evil, uh, you know, I'm always wearing evil Knievel stuff. That day, I, I was wearing black. Oh, <laughs> sure. surprise, surprise. 
Yeah. I, I remember that day being very sort of like, because people have asked me about it, and I'm kind of like, the weird thing about it is it just seemed like another day to us. We were like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. Okay, cool. I think we were, were, were we on tour or were we in the middle of recording? I don't remember what the hell we were doing, but probably just in LA rehearsing or something. And then, yeah. uh, but that was a while ago. We're, we're talking over five years ago. So pretty interesting that the documentary now seeing the light of day, I don't know, it came out, what, two days ago? But yeah, that, that's how weekend, long things yeah. take to germinate to become a reality. So, yeah, Eddie's a good dude. We talk to him pretty regularly. He's he's I don't know if he's still well. It it's according to the film, it claims he's still stunt manning. So yeah, uh, the whole purpose was he was like, I'm going out. This is my retirement. I'm going to do this, and that's the end. Of, but he's still doing it. So it's not a it's not a job for the uh, faint of heart. That's for sure. That job is you know you know. Fast and Furious throwing cars over and stuff like that. It's well, yeah, like, he, he basically has to call his wife every day before he goes to work and says, <laughs> I love you. And just an extra, just in case, I, you know, you don't know if that's yeah. the last, I love you. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And check, what check the, uh, make sure you check my, uh, my, my affairs are in order and whatnot before I go yeah. to work. Hey, so we speaking of videos, today. can we talk about our, our upcoming, uh, what we've been working on before we Absolutely. bring our guest on? Yeah. Yeah. We uh Well you got the saw, you got the old school Van Halen logo on. Look at that. I do. This is courtesy of uh, our good friend and video director, Dave Swazicki. That's the and that's his, the original. His friend has a silk screening thing. Hmm. Apparently this is the well, you can do you, anybody know about this why this logo looks like it does? I, I was under the impression I know that's the original logo that they used, but Very good. is there some is Very there good. some nope. So you're saying There's, his friend bootlegs T-shirts and yes. we're advertising. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because this this logo never got used, right? That's the, true. The, yeah. Yeah. Was, was it stylized by something else, or did they get in trouble, or was it? Did it I don't know. I don't know. No, well, no, that's just the that's what the original one looked like. Uh, yeah. I have no idea what the why they abandoned it or the VH logo yeah. clearly went on to be the the quintessential logo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Dave Swazicki, he just sent us a first cut of our new video which is coming out august 10th yeah. along with our single release who's that now fitzy which one is that steve oh steve. i don't know steve who names their dog steve he's a rescue dog but he came <laughs> he with did. the name steve so i love yeah. it I think, I think, does he have a middle name like steve hank <laughs> <laughs> Austin. It's called Austin. Steve, Austin. steve austin yeah there Definitely. you go now you're talking uh, yeah no the video we've looked at a pretty much finished uh version of it um i think there might be a couple tweaks but it's it's awesome we're really excited about it yeah, yeah it's so gonna look time for our our first couple upcoming gigs just in time yeah and we'll mm-hmm. oh cory vanished Corey, he's the one Corey. running this thing Hello. steve now we're we're completely in space now <laughs> what oh, happened <laughs> i was gonna do uh, oh man i never mind well i was gonna never mind yeah. <laughs> what's next <laughs> i'm just we clicking probably, on things i'm like i don't know what's going talk on. to our we should probably talk to our first guest and then we'll bring yes. on darren yes. james smith Jar- darren's had you know an uphill battle trying to get online with us so i don't want to lose him no so let's, he's he's there standing by he's looking good but let's, before we get to darren yes we have another guest who is a good friend of tuk talk that's a good right. friend of ours and um we're gonna bring her on right now. Oh no! Hey, <laughs> where did Brent go? Hi, it's Darby. 
Darby Mills. Hi, Darby. Hey, guys. Who will be I, appearing with us on uh, August 14th at Edmonton? I don't know if you're aware of that, but we, you know, I know you're. That was her line, that, Todd. That, that, that yeah. room that you're in right now, I have you kidnapped and, and tied up, so now you have to. I've been holding Damn. you there. Yeah, so now you can make Damn. your. Name. Yeah, well, I've been married a long time, so that would have been, <laughs> been interesting. Yeah. Right, so we're playing, like a gig. <laughs> we're playing a gig in Edmonton, our first gig since the whole COVID travesty. And right. um, it's the Edmonton Rock Fest on August 14th. And it was just announced today that our good friend Darby is going to get up with us and That's play. Right. That's right. Look, look, look what you guys did. Hey, you invited me up on stage once and now you can't get rid of me. <laughs> right. That's our I, I wasn't there for that time. So this is going to be That's my right, first time Corey. with you. Corey wasn't That's there. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's so right. There you go. Yeah. And hopefully Super it'll be exciting. warmer. It was really cold in, in uh, Calgary oh, at the yeah. Grey Cup. Uh, that was brutal. Yeah. That was, that yeah. was brutal. But. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and thank you for inviting me uh, up on stage. That was for my 60th birthday. Oh right. my gosh, I forgot about that. It's hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, Mick Jagger just yeah. turned 78 yesterday, and it hurt my brain for a second to think that Mick Jagger is 78 years old. I was like, wow, I guess that's that's how this works. We just keep doing this till the wheels fall off. <laughs> I, I think I think that's key, right? I mean, yeah. you, you, you can't stop. Uh, as many times as I thought perhaps I should, um, I've asked my dearest friends to please let me know when you think I should stop. When I'm not hitting those notes anymore, please tell me. Don't don't humor me. Just say, Darby, get off the stage. You're done. Yeah, you, so you uh, see that hasn't. I mean, that hasn't happened guys, yet. Yeah. That hasn't happened well, yet. So you just keep going until the notes don't show up, and that, I don't think that's going to happen. Well. Uh, yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, exactly. That's how <laughs> we all know you're one yeah. of those artists that sounds as good now as you did in your, you know, in the '80s. Exactly. Well, that's very sweet. I, I think I sound actually um, a little better in the sense that when I listen back to the original Headpin stuff, it's it's uh, yeah, a, a 21 year old screaming at the top of her lungs, uh, <laughs> you know, running from the whip that was behind her, which was all wonderful. It was a uh, um, it was a lesson in get get your shit together. I don't know if you can swear on uh, Tube Talk, sure, but get your shit together and, and be a performer. And you can't get sick and you can't, you can't, you can't. No, what you can do is uh, put on the best show you can. So as hard as that was at the time, it definitely opened up, or should I say, it, um, enabled me to get through the the tough days when the voice just isn't there and it's like whatever you, you just you just got to do you just got to do, do it and and uh yeah 46 years later still doing it still going well, do you have a ritual so, before you go out on stage do you like gargle like lemon hot lemon or anything like that or what's your warm-up uh, you know what i hum I took early, early on, I took some uh, lessons, three, four different uh, vocal teachers and really didn't get anything out of it other than to hum and which I just really, just really easily gets this warmed up just like a muscle, sure, you yeah. know, you don't, uh, you don't do your highest high jump for your first jump, you warm up and so, right, right. Um, and then uh, I chew uh, red dentine cinnamon gum just to keep a, a, a cooling sensation. Um, right, right. While I'm singing, but at the rest mm -hmm. of the time, 
the, the, the singing that I do with the head pins and then uh, my solo stuff right now, it's not, I don't call it singing. I call it belting. I'm not much of a singer. I'm a belter, <laughs> at least in that context. And it, the, the air, I just push so much air. That style of singing is, mm-hmm. um, you know, bringing it from your knees if, if you have to and just push it yeah. out. And so even with some nodes and sore throat, you're mm. pushing so hard that y- y- you tend to get through most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, I always wondered that because singing like that has to be, how's the fire situation, Darby? Good question. You Kathy. know what? Um, it's terrible. It's it's all over. You can't see a half a block away from my house right now and man, you don't oh, want to go outside um, I have a family members on evacuation notice because the fire is less than a half a mile from their downtown. Oh, geez, of their, yeah. It's, so where, it's not good. where exactly, what's the span of the fire itself? How far is it reaching? Like from where to where are we talking about? Well, in BC alone, there's over 275 fires, probably more now. That was the count before I just got home from Vancouver and there's Jeez, four fires from here uh the okanagan valley there's four fires from here to vancouver going one of them has basically uh, bridged four mountain mountain crests if not more and uh, yeah that's that's south okanagan and it's all the way up to merit now basically that's what i've heard i could be i could be way out on this but hmm. yeah driving home you come in into the mountains you've got some air and then all of a sudden you can't see 10 cars in front of you it's so oh it's wow. you know it's not not enough covid um at least we didn't get flooding this year of course there was not enough snow to even fill the rivers so we're getting it from all ends um but there's no global warming oops sorry (laughs) it's just a hoax right yeah yeah as the world goes up in flames yeah yeah fascinating well did you play last weekend were you in vancouver playing what was your what's been going on lately I was in Vancouver uh, welcoming in um, our new guitar player, actually. So as well as all this, we've had to change a player in and out, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, a a terrible situation. We're going to miss Randy. He's a sweetheart and a wonderful player, but has a different outlook on life right now. And um, Mm. you just can't... we, I can't buy flights for eight people to put them on a plane to find out when we get there that the gig's gone because somebody sees life differently. And so mm-hmm. uh, the band now has uh, 100% double vaxxed players. So oh, Okay. Copy that. Yeah. Copy Got that. it. Well, COVID's it. done wonders on, on everybody, right? And, you know, coming out of it, there's whole different, you know, situations with music and, and band stuff. And th- this is... This is where we're at. Yeah. Things are different. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just saw, just, just saw a post from a, a Prairie's gig saying that the only people allowed into the venue have to be double vaxxed. So mm-hmm. it's people are thinking that's not going to happen. And I think it is. And it's just in uh, my situation, as probably a lot of people at my level in this industry, you can't mess around with missing gigs. And, and um, you yeah. just you got to do it right. Mm-hmm. It's... <laughs> Yeah, it's been a year. It's two years since we've worked, and uh, we just yeah. can't afford to, to mess that up. So when we get a gig yeah. and they're starting to come in, but I I still think there's a lot of people scared to commit to going to shows at this point. And who is, uh, do we know this new guitar player? It's Corey Churko, isn't it? Right uh, well, you never asked me, Darby. 
he does have some spare calendar time. I've looked, and uh, yeah, I think Corey Churko. Yeah, he's got some. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd love to have Corey Churko in the band, but it is not. And his, uh, we actually haven't done an official release, so. Uh, Oh, okay. Brian Jasper, uh, welcome, welcome to the band. <laughs> All right, Brian, yeah, there, you there, you there you go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, all kinds of news right. today well, on TikTok. I know we're we're the exclusive yeah, show sure. here. We're just getting all the scoops. You are. Wow, Darby, will you stay and be an honorary two host today? Yeah, with us. And uh, I will stay as, as long. Yeah. yeah, as long Feel as my to... phone doesn't run out of battery, I'm here. Okay. I am yeah. here. Feel free awesome. to just storm out whenever you want, you know, as as chaotically as you as you feel. Do you know Darren? Yeah. Do you know Darren James Smith? Are you? Did you ever do any touring with Harem Scarum back in the day? Anything like that? Did not. Nope. Uh, I wish I had, but uh, yeah, they're great to they're get a great. chance to meet. I mean, they are yeah. great. I think they still do stuff. I'm not yeah. sure, but yeah, no, oh, yeah, it'd be really do. fun. Yeah. It'd be really fun oh, to have you. Have you be our? Uh, it's like the View when they have like guest hosts. Yep, exactly. Uh, am I, am I made What's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, check out at any point. Yeah. I'll just kind of, yeah. just kind of disappear. Yeah. You know? yeah. All good. If you have to go yeah. at any point, just you know, let us know. It's all feel good. free. You can wave yep. at us. But Darren's bring, uh, where's Darren? Darren in there, Todd. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, this is a uh, Darren's a really good friend of ours. This is the, our other Darren, not Darren Steen, who we're missing very much. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this guy is, uh, he's one of those guys and a lot of our Canadian friends, like a lot of us, you know, here that we know can play multiple things, but I'm always fascinated by the fact that he was the drummer in Harem Scarum and was the killer other vocalist. And then he was like the lead vocalist in Jakey Lee from Ozzy's band, Red Carton, uh, Red Dragon Cartel. So it's like one of those fascinating things to see a guy who's known for one thing and then walk up front and just deliver. So... Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, please make some noise for our new friend. Well, he's an old friend, but he's a new friend of Tuk Talk. Make some noise for Darren James Smith. All right. Hey. Yeah, baby. There he is. Welcome. Hey, buddy. How are you? Great. How are you? Where are you? I am in Bowmanville, Ontario. Um, that's a long story nobody needs to know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm living on a compound with a bunch of cool people, and uh, I jam every weekend. And I just, okay. you know, a compound. Are you like, are you like in the full like hippie lifestyle? Is this kind of? You know, is this like, is this like Waco? Is it like Waco, Texas? Or Branch Davidian? Are you? Yeah, nobody, exactly. wants, nobody wants to die here. We have drinks together and. Nothing's really changed on the compound, but if you go to the end of the driveway, that's another thing. Of course, yeah, that's as as you said. Have you been there the entire time during this entire madness? Um, sort of, yeah. Yeah. You know, during the COVID, so nothing's really changed at the commune at all. It's the same. No, it's the same. People come here, and nobody bothers us. And cop shops down the street. And we're out in the woods, man. We're just playing music, having a great time. That's great. That's great. What's wow. the last gig you did, Darren? Like pre-COVID. I don't remember. Different time. And it's I can't believe this amount of time has gone by. Like I honestly I I don't remember. That's so funny. Do you so have you ever seen Darby Mills from the Headpins? Hell have you ever I was gonna say you must have seen her play many times. Oh too. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. That first record when it came yeah. out. Yeah. We all had that first record, I know. 
there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so awesome. So what uh, what does 2021 look like for you? Are there any gigs starting to appear for you? Or I guess you're gigging at the commune, so you don't even really care. Well, no, I do. I mean, I, I like to play. I've got a bunch of friends around here that we have cover bands. We have one a band called the Jam Bandits. And we just have fun playing cool old clash and stuff and you know whatever we want to do because we didn't think we'd be playing for anybody right yeah. and we did a couple of shows since uh they've kind of opened things up here in ontario and uh it's been fun but as far as the tour is going my phone isn't going off yet so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i know we're still a ways away from that all of us are sort yeah. of in the same yeah. boat of kind of like playing everything you know like we like we said we've got this thing coming up on the 14th in Edmonton with, with Darby Mills. That's really the, she's this way. That's really the only thing that matters is that Darby's <laughs> going to be there. But um, it's uh, even to this, even as it's coming up, there was a moment where I kept thinking like, I'm not sure if this is even going to happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a few months ago when it came up, I was like, well, of course we'll agree to it. Cause who knows if we can do it. But then it's sort of like creeping up and creeping up and you're going, I think this is going to happen. I think we're actually going to go up there and, and play in front of people in Edmonton, you know, because we've been doing stuff around in the U.S. because the U.S. is a lot more open that way and yeah. sort of, you know, kind of beyond it at this point. So, um, but I think things will start to kind of open. What's Ontario looking like as far as opening up? Well, if you go to the end of the driveway, it's, it's, <laughs> it's chaos out there. Um, it's starting to feel a little bit more like it used to. But um, I try not to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful place where we are. It's like 50 acres and there's woods and uh, and just really good people surrounding me. And uh, I had no idea I was such an optimist. <laughs> there you go. And apparently you have good Wi-Fi there because you're coming in nice and clear. Well, if you cool. I was outside. I, mean, I better come inside. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, anybody who's on a commune may not get the best, uh, you know, or a farm or something like that. Sometimes oh, can be pretty, pretty radical. Yeah. But no, it's great. The uh, so let's talk about when you grew up. You grew up. You were actually born in England, which I was kind of surprised to read. Yeah. I didn't know that. But I you came over. To, I moved to uh, Ontario in 1969, and and uh, my parents are still in the same house. And, wow. And I'm and I have a a great school reunion right now with the same people that I met in '69 and '70. Really? At this lake at uh, Balsam Lake, if you know this area. Wow! You know, for the long weekend, and that's cool. Yeah, I love that's that gotta stuff. be that's gotta be interesting. I, I've never gone to any class re. Darby, have you ever gone to a class reunion? I went to my twenty year. And, oh, you did? Uh, yeah, and it's actually past my forty year reunion now. So really, uh, yeah, uh, li live your life, guys. You know, it goes by so fast, right? You just <laughs> I boom, know. forty years. I've been out. Of, okay, maybe that's thirty. I don't know. I've lost a little bit of my mind through COVID as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's to be expected. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I kind of wonder. You can always go back to those reunions and sort of, you know, go we to that. Every year. <laughs> Do you really? People come in from Sweden. People come in from the middle of uh, Canada and from wow, America. Really? Yeah, that's all the people I grew up with. And a surprising amount of them are still healthy and uh, with us, you know. And do you get to kind of flaunt in, you know, to the girl that broke up with you or something like that and say, like, look what you look what you no, lost out on? No, this is actually one of those uh, get-togethers where I haven't been with any of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's never That's too late. why we're still friends. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, someone's going to hell today, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so when do you stumble? When do you stumble into music as a kid? Like, how old are you when you start finding that? When I heard James Brown, <laughs> I learned That's a good- blues first, and then that started hurting. So uh, I think I picked up a guitar. Uh, just to get girls, I'm pretty sure. And it, I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and then I don't know, I picked up the drums. I, I don't know, I think uh, there's people who are great at individual things, and there's people who just can't pay attention to anything for any period of time. So you kind of <laughs> put dabble in everything, and I'm happy, so. That's that's actually interesting that you say yeah. that because yeah. Fitz and I do that too because Fitz plays keys and bass and drums. And well, I Corey play. too. You're and preaching Corey to too. the choir. Yeah, Corey we're all confused. I mean, yeah. Corey's just good at everything, and and uh, Todd and I are, are well. I, I'm not good at everything, things. but I like playing lots of different instruments. So, Jack of many, King of very yeah. few. Yeah, keep people yeah. guessing. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. so cool, Darren. That you're okay. You're a drummer, but yet you can also do a pretty cool gig as the lead singer and you know and, and own both <laughs> yeah, yeah. depends on what the world's doing but yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we spent almost three years making katina and we've toured her for i think a little under two months oh, which is man. the last take uh red dragon yeah. cartel yeah, record, right? on, i can't remember where that was but i'm pretty sure it was in america somewhere and but, were uh, you actually facing like like in the middle of COVID, like, or were you like yeah, on the yeah. road? Yeah. We had a little break in the tour and then we were supposed to go, I think to Europe or, or Japan. I, I can't remember. It's, it's a year and something ago. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah. And it just, it just never happened. And everybody in the beginning thought, okay, this is going to let up like SARS did, you know? Yeah. You know, that, that yeah, was, you, Oh, you know, you, everybody don't get SARS. Let's just put 500,000 people together and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fact, so I think everybody's kind of thinking that way, but um, so, I'm anxious. I, I'm not anxious to go back and play uh, like a theater and a drive-in theater and people honking on horns. Cause yeah, that ain't music. <laughs> that seems really weird. Doesn't it? Yeah. Let's, 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 you know, I can only imagine, I, I'm saying this cause Darby, Darby can attest to this as well. It's got to be a lot easier when the gig's done as the lead singer than it is for the drummer, right? You have to pack up your drums. You just kind of like, you just put the microphone down. You walk away like this. See you guys tomorrow. And you just like leave the building. <laughs> I carry my, I carry my mic just, just to make that absolutely clear. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. But with Darren's been, Darren's been packing up a drum kick for probably 30 years over the, you know, eventually he's like, I'm done. Like I just watched every time I leave a gig and I'm kind of like, okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. The drummer's still like, okay, dude. And he's like taking the cymbals off. And I'm like, Oh my God. I was asked to yeah. play drums a little while back. And I'm like, I don't remember how you put these things together. <laughs> right. <laughs> you need a drum tech. I love our two gigs and Todd knows too. We've, we've come to this, the reality of when you fly and you have the little, you know, um, what's our, what's our box, the little uh, band amp or a, or a Kemper or something like that. Yeah. You yeah. can just kind of show yeah, why up would, as opposed to like, why would you worry about anything else with your in-ears? It's, do you, do you have in-ears Darby? I don't know. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that does yeah. sort of make all of our lives easier because everything's more consistent. But I just love in-ear gigs with, you know, small preamps and away you go. And, and, uh, yeah. and you can't nice. do that with a drum kit yet. 
kit yet. No, I haven't figured out the ultimate electronic drum kit that looks cool and and works for uh, you know for gigs, so we don't have to deal with all the fucking drum gear all the time. <laughs> yeah, I always. I always think it's the worst because every time you walk out of the gig, you know, the drummer at least has like twice, three times as long to take his stuff down and get it out to the car or wherever he's going. So I I commend you, Darren, on sort of like sidestepping that. But again, you're probably going to find yourself in a position of like, yeah, I got to play drums for that. That'll be fun. Yeah, like in Europe and Asia, it's like the back line's there. You're just happy that the tune when you show up. Exactly, that's true. You and Shane Gallus have the uh, the coveted. Uh, you're big in Japan, <laughs> right? Shane is always, you know, in one of the biggest bands there, and Harem Scarum's huge there, right? Yeah, stature wise, stature wise, you're definitely big in Japan. You guys know Eric Ratz? I know that um, name. Is that a producer? No. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. We took him to Japan to do a live album and. We never lost him. <laughs> he was at least a <laughs> above everyone else. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll you, happen. You can wear a Godzilla shirt and walk around there. <laughs> yep. They'd run away from him. So what? Uh, at what point does the... Um, do you notice that right away? That there's like a... When Harem Scarum's doing his thing, that Europe and Asia becomes sort of like the hotspot for you guys? <sighs> Well, I never asked anyone because I don't want the real answer. But what I think is, is they're just dedicated to the music they've always liked. Sure. And yeah. we did one record called Voice of Reason. It was a little grungy because grunge was sort of happening at that point. Sure, yeah, yeah. We hated it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've done 17 albums. So, and they're like, no, 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 do what you do. Don't do, do the new thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there's that. And... Uh, I, when I went back to Japan with with Jakey, he'd be gone like 17 years. Right, yeah. right. Wow. Yeah. It was like a lot of the, a lot of those people that watched him might not be physically able to go to these shows, right? That's but, true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, but there's but even the young people that I'm assuming they're young. It's really hard to tell in, in Japan, by the way. But uh, they yeah. they might just be into that as well. I, I right. don't. No, it's. I don't really question it. I just like seeing the people at the shows. Of course, yeah. yeah. But it is interesting how, like, you know, like Mr. Big. But we were oh, in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, we were in uh, Japan with Slash, Fitz, and I. And I remember driving by to whatever you know modest size gig we were going to, and driving by the Enormo Dome, and seeing the Mr. Big. Yeah. You know, and I go, oh, it's no joke. It's for real. Like Mr. Big is still huge in Japan. You know, they yeah. they still do. You know, I don't know what I don't know what their business is like in 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 uh, America or Europe, but they definitely have a thing there. So you're absolutely right. When the Japanese find an audience, or that, when you find a Japanese audience, they love what you do. They're going to follow you. Yeah, they're absolutely going to follow you. Yeah. So could, it usually could, is like, doesn't it always seem like good harmonies, good playing? There's always like yeah. a little bit more. It it can't maybe that's why grunge wasn't as accepted. It was a little more played down a lot of the musicality and the vocals and so. You I, know, I, and I, I kind of love the grunge thing. It was a necessary evil. It was, yeah. It's constantly changing, but when it wipes out your career, it's hard to like. But um, yeah. we, we, yeah. we went over to. We thought we were going to lose our label. Like almost everybody that I knew had a deal. 
But when we went there, it's like there was like six, seven hundred kids on the tarmac before the sun was up. And I'm like, there's yeah. rules stuck to my face. I got to go in there and brush my hair or something. <laughs> but it was eye opening and 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 how they treat you. And it's like we're like almost the Beatles. <laughs> crazy. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So how often do you, I mean, I, I know you and Harry are still really good friends, yes? Oh, yeah. We were just working on a, a First Signal record, which is, um, it's songs that don't make Harem Scarum records. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, I don't know why. Um, yeah, and so we were just working on one like two weeks ago. Together. So and, is, uh, is it weird to be like, I mean... <clears throat> Are you still in the same position, singer, drummer, like? Yeah. And then you do first um, signal. Well, I, I don't. I don't really have time to make the records these days. Right. Um, they use Crate and Dome for that, but That's I right, do yeah. all the singing. I do all the singing uh, backups on the records, and um, right. And me and Harry have done it so long; it's like five minutes together. We're like, "What is happening?" And then all of a sudden, it clicks, <laughs> and we're like, "I don't know how we do this." That's it great. Sounds like it's like we know what we're doing, and I'm like, that can't be either. <laughs> That's amazing! Wow, well, it's great to have a partner like that. I've known that kid since he's 14 years old, and we were in a band called Blind Vengeance long before Harem Scarum. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, I remember Harry '91, summer of '91. I was in Toronto playing with my band at the time and you couldn't turn on a radio or hear anywhere you went slowly slipping away was the song that summer mm. yeah you guys had just came out with a vengeance with that too and i was like holy shit like you guys yeah, were we'll have to that was a great that. song i bet that's <laughs> yeah. a good problem to have though yeah. no of course yeah i mean uh you, you get lucky or you're having fun and, and if you can have both I don't see yeah. why you do anything else. That's true. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So what about this? Let's talk about this record. Never. Hey, I'm on that. Me and Brent are on that record. I know you yeah. are. <laughs> so we didn't that know what was going on. Didn't this was all... Record at all. I don't What's think Corey's on that. No, no. Dude, back in the no. day, before, before you get into this, Brent, I want to say there was a time I used to live by a guitar shop over on used when um Caltown guitars used to be over on Maryland in Vegas yeah. and I used to go in there and I go that guy sure looks a lot like Jakey Lee and I'd go you know cuz Jake was in that period where none of us knew where Jake was and mm -hmm. I'd be like looking at guitars and I just leave and then another time I'd go back there and I go hey there's that guy that kind of looks like Jakey Lee anyway you know I do my thing and I'd leave and eventually somebody goes no that is Jakey Lee I go that's Jakey Lee you know two yeah, guys who lives were in Vegas fans Massive fans of Jake's playing with uh, Ozzy, obviously, in Badlands and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it was always that sort of weird thing that happened where Jake just kind of uh, checked out and yeah. and and then he sort of reappeared. And, he, and, he, and when he around Vegas, he suddenly started to appear at shows. I remember seeing him at the New York Dolls show and going, Jake, what's going on? Like, you know, we, we kept trying to convince him to come jam with our band and all that stuff. And he's like, no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> but uh, we were so excited to see that he actually sort of started to, you know, uh, we all to press record and and put some stuff down. So when yeah. they asked when they asked myself, I can only speak for myself, but Brent and I were both super excited to be a part of, you know, his his coming back. Yeah. And then when we heard when we heard you were a part of it, when we heard you were going to be a part of it, I was like, no way, that's so exciting. I, More um, Canadians. I More did Canadians. songs <laughs> that were written, I think, for Velvet Revolver. They were sending these two songs out. Oh, wow. and I think I think um, 
what had happened is they heard one of those. A guy who uh, run, runs along the McQuaid out here in uh, Oshawa said, Jakey's looking for a singer. I'm like, what does he want with a Canadian guy? <laughs> I, I don't. I didn't really get it. And I sent a tape in, and then I get a call, and I'm like, all right. And then I'm landing in Vegas, and I'm going, I'm auditioning? <laughs> I'm nowhere to lie. It was nothing but rock stars whose records I got in my collection partying and drinking. I'm going, when in Rome. Yeah, exactly. I, I say to myself, I hope they don't want to do high wire first because I've been flying. I was tired. And I was, anyway, that was it. And, that's so awesome, yeah. But I'm, I'm not surprised because you've got a really strong voice, especially when people, I, I don't even know if people really put together the fact that you're the guy who plays drums in Harem Scarum when they when they sort of see and hear the Red Dragon Cartel. It's sort of like, wait a second, that guy is a drummer like in another successful band? That, that sort of freaks people out. It's like, what? Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm lucky, I guess. I don't know any that wow. was the first thing I ever auditioned for. And, and, and so when it was all over, after we were done, everybody kept partying. And I, and I, and I just yelled, Hey Jake, so I got the gig or what? And he just <laughs> looked at me and went, you always had <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's great. I, I, I wasn't ready to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, my birthday's in December and, Mine too. When's your birthday? December fifth. Dude, we have no. the same birthday. No way. Another yeah, I knew one. that actually. I knew that actually. I read because the last time on Facebook, I wished you happy birthday, and I was like, "It's my birthday." Oh yeah. There's a bunch <laughs> yeah, of us, dude. You have the same birthday. That's, That's right. I, Crazy. I'm gonna be fifty-six. I'm gonna be fifty-four. So there you go. Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> well, if it if it goes as well as you look right now, then I'm I'll be happy. Trust me. I have a makeup guy. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I saw you was in Vegas. This isn't me. I'm. This is a CGI at Lucasfilm. I'm not even really here. It's a. I'm doing the voiceover. But the uh, no the uh, on the first slash tour I did, three of us had the same birthday, which is so weird. Like three of us. The drum tech, the guitar player, and myself all had the same birthday. It's a very common birthday. Abraham Lincoln, Little Richard. Did you know mm -hmm. that? No, mm -hmm. I didn't know December that. December 5th. There you go. Yeah. Weird, right? When's your birthday, Darby? Darby's December, is in... December 3rd. That's right. So I heard that. Holy shit. Bunch so of Sagittarians in here, yo. Yes. I get to celebrate with Ozzy Osbourne, so... You know, that's cool. Right. Ah. That's cool. Yeah. Ah. I think we're all yeah, related. Circle. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It's Canada. It's not that. You know, it's not that big. <laughs> There's only one birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's July 1st. Just kidding. <laughs> so if the audience so, has uh, any questions for Darren, uh, yeah. go ahead and type them in there and I'll see if I can put them up and not screw it up. Oh yeah! How do you do? This? Read them out to me. My vision's horrible. Oh, we will. Yeah, we for will sure. definitely. Read I'm looking. Out. I'm looking. I I'm always bad at this. How do we? Oh, here's the comments. Look at Apparently, that. Um... Oh, and there's somebody. Oh, Lizanne's son is on December fourth. Three of my fan favorite singers on one show. Ah, uh, that's wonderful to hear. Well, Four, if you count Todd. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Oh, 
Oh, I felt that one in my soul. That's great. Burn. Got some uh, he says, this camera. African Children Media says, I didn't know he was a drummer or Canadian. <laughs> How do you like that? I am now. There you go. There you go. There you go. Good to uh, good to, to to fill everybody in on that. Yeah, that's funny. So what uh, so what did you find was the when you guys kind of decided to press the pause button on Harem Scarum? Was it because of the shift in in music back around that area, late mid to late nineties, or what happened there? Uh, I was singing for a band called Juice, and right, was, I remember that. And I did this thing, and uh, I think Link Park got the deal, but but. He wanted to know what I was going to do. He says, are you going to pursue this? And I, I was playing in Japan at the time, and uh, he needed to know. And I walked out of the room, and I came back, and I go, I don't know what to do. And he goes, you really should try it. We've been friends a long time, so with his blessing, I did it. And uh, they did one record without me singing backups on it. That never happened again, for whatever reason. Right. <laughs> but uh, um, we're all tight. We're just all we're all brothers, and... Uh, and we can do it together. We know we're all so different, like all so different people. But there's oh, something that happens, you know. That's, like that's to be appreciated. Here you go. Which is your favorite album from Harem Scarum? Sharon asked. My favorite album? Yeah, that's a loaded question. Well, mm. I think uh, Song for Song would probably be Mood Swings. The first record, the first recording of it because warner wouldn't give us a, the record back so we said all right we're doing it again oh really uh, wow yeah. you guys yeah oh wow you guys actually pulled that bold move most people just die in the water when that happens but yeah, you guys we're said it's an engineer and our own records now we always kind of always had it, except for the first one which was kevin doyle okay yeah i i've read that actually that like you guys are sort of self-produced and all that kind of stuff yeah. which i really think is awesome some everybody for you engineer and a producer will there yeah. be a third uh rdc record phil defritas well, when you find out are you in vegas still <laughs> yes i'm in vegas <laughs> you could let me know <laughs> I, well the thing is we spent two years making a record and then i just don't know if you can pick up a year and a half later and do the songs that are basically oldies and goldies I don't know what what's going to happen. I don't. I don't want to spend another two years to make a record. Well, well I just didn't want to do that. But but well, the, let's let's hope that you're not faced with some sort of pandemic to crush the record. But I think you're facing a lot of the same things that a lot of people are facing because a lot of people were dropping records and going on the road and then like yoink, you know, back home. So. I don't think there's any any such thing as these songs are too old to go out and support the record that came out in 2020. Um, but at the same time, I mean, new music is great. I mean, a third yeah, album, a third album. A lot of rehearsing going on, I'm sure, right? But um, oh, Andrew Andrew Treadwell, our friend from uh, Brisbane, Australia, is it Brisbane? He's from yeah. Well, Anthony yeah, Esposito. Yeah. He's a, how he's was it? How, how was it working with Anthony Esposito? It's great. That guy. That guy can get drums. And bass sounds like like nobody's business. He's uh, he's great. He kicks ass. He's 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 doesn't mix words, and we get it done, man. Get in, get it done. Wait till Jake wakes up. Let him hear it. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a really cool thing working with Jake. Like 
I, I don't remember thinking it, but I thought I knew what I was doing. And then I, he'd hear something I did in the day, and he'd go, you can't sing that, no. I go, what do you mean? It's like a millisecond. And then he goes, I'm playing this, you're singing this, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> interesting. Anthony was the bass player originally in Lynch Mob. That's how yes. we all became yeah. aware of him. Then he went on to be with Ace Fraley for a long he time. Did, yeah. And yeah. he's a very talented producer, uh, engineer guy now. So he is. For him. He is. He's worked and, with and he's, and stuff, you know? that, That's right. And he's technically, is he technically in RDC? Like, is he, was he playing uh, bass with you guys? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's what I thought. That, that's, that's a very confusing thing, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I mean, it's good to, like you say, let, that's another example of, of working in-house, like having your own guy produce and record yeah, the records. Yeah, he did it in was... his studio, and I think all the gear he got from Electric Ladyland that he used oh. to in New York City. So we had, like, all kinds of gear from that studio, and uh, and it was like an Amish farm with horses, like a horse rescue ranch. And a million cats and stuff, and we just walk across the compound and uh, play. That's so cool! Wow. Yeah. What else you got, hey, Corey? Who else is in what's, here? Uh, Phil Kwan, our good friend from Winnipeg. I didn't know you played. It says here, um, Phil saw you playing guitar with Helix. Yeah, That's I right, played Karen, yeah. a couple years with me and Mike Hall. Went out with Helix, and oh. I did it till I just couldn't cool. give another R. Or another O. <laughs> you ran out of R's and O's and C's and K's. <laughs> I'm not a great guitar player. I just look really cool holding one. But I mean, how long do you think that? <laughs> I play guitar a lot with the bands out here. Sure. Someone's got to hold it together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that must have so been a blast Jake? playing those songs, though. Yeah, for a year, and after that, was- <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like Jake that. Uh, was writing songs with Pardon Brian me? Volner? Was Jake writing songs with Helix at one time? Jake, Jakey Lee, you mean? Not, yeah. not, not to my knowledge. I don't that would be interesting. Okay. I thought That'd I read that in the show notes. Harry from Harry's room was writing with Paul, who passed. They were writing Paul, songs. Okay. Yeah. I think he actually did a record of some of those songs to, um, well, I don't know why they did, but I mean, they, they we were friends with them back in that. Right. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, that was uh, live in Canada and not know all the musicians. It's hard, not of to. course, right. especially in, especially in Southern Ontario. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Somebody went by asking about who's playing drums for you guys these days. Did who was playing drums last time around with RDC? Last time around was Phil Grone. Oh right, Phil, Phil so and Saigon Kick. Of very course, yeah. very solid drummer. Uh, yeah, I love the guy. Um, Bill and I are good friends. Yeah, yeah, I love the guy. Um, I've known him for years. Yeah, I don't know really what happened, but um, hey, why is he not? Is he checked out? Yeah. And he's a man of many, many other things. He has like uh, internet radio stuff and whatnot. So I assume he's yeah, kind of, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't really know what happened, but uh, I'm just the singer, and you know what? <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. That's, sometimes that's the best. Sorry, just a singer. I have no idea. There's that's no hated red. Did you guys do Canadian dates, Darren? Did you play Canada like Toronto with Jake, or were, did you guys get to do that? I did a, a couple times. Yeah, I've, I've done some like big clubs and uh, uh, yeah, a couple things. Like we come over and do one or two shows and play Quebec and then 
fly back yeah, to cool. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Is there any chance of you guys doing Islands in the Stream, but having Darby Mills sing <laughs> sing the Dolly part? Oh, where is she? She's over. She's over there. Sorry. I think you should get do- she she Baby can do the Dolly part. You do the Kenny part. I think you really. I think we're the on the Wi-Fi side. just went out. <laughs> oh, okay. Islands in the stream. <laughs> I think I was just saying you should do Islands in the stream, but get Darby Mills to sing the the, the, the Dolly part in part, and then you sing the Kenny part. You sing the Kenny part. I pay money to hear that. Are you suggesting this because of what the Poo Fighters just did? Hell yeah! What did they do? Which is Hell awesome. Yeah. They did yeah, it was really awesome. Right? Yeah. yeah. Did they do Footloose? Did they... <laughs> Footloose? No. <laughs> no. They should. They... Was it an EP they did of, of Bee Gees covers? Hang on, I'll look it up. On Except the... they called themselves uh, the uh, the DGs, the Dave Grohl. DGs, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll this just up. in. Joey Jordison, drummer for Slipknot, dead forty-eight minutes ago. Oh my oh, god, that's no terrible. Way. Yeah, I'm just reading that now. Wow, yeah. I remember when he was like the bee's knees when when Slipknot first came out. That kind of drumming was, you know, he was the guy. Wow. Hey, and jo- Joey played guitar in another band, Murder Dolls. He was like a, he, he was did. like us, Darren, like another multi instrumentalist guy. No, it looks like it's a full album. This DG's record. It's like you should be dancing, Night Fever, Tragedy, Shadow Dancing, More Than a Woman. Making a fire, I don't know. Shame, shame. That's a, wow, there you go. It's a full. They did a full disco record. It's awesome. <laughs> that would be really fun. No, that's that's too bad about Joy Jordison. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, Tim Green- Greenfield says hello from uh, Niagara, Ontario. Hello from Tim and Stacy. There you go. Mm. Um, that's great. But what's uh, what was I going to say? So, do you do the do the harem scarum guys? I mean, obviously, it's it's tough to talk about what what can come up and what doesn't come up when no one's been playing. But I assume that the harem scarum gigs sort of the offers come in once in a while. Do you guys still like make trips over to Europe and yeah, all that they, to do? Yeah, they, they they put a tour together, and if it's worthy of going, then we'll get it together and we add on to it, like any any tour is built. Um, but I just you know. I keep playing and I wait for somebody to call and exactly charge my phone so I don't screw it all up. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all you can do during this whole COVID thing is you can't. I know. It. And if we push it, we're going to get out there and it's all going to get slammed to its knees again. And I know. That That's the difference. You can only be optimistic for so long before you just go, okay, I get it. Exactly. exactly. In two weeks, when we for us to do our gig, obviously we're going to find out at the border because we haven't crossed borders. Uh, Well, I actually went to Canada last year um, in the summer, and the border was shut down, and I was able to cross. But we're going to be flying into uh, Alberta, so you know it's all about showing vaccine, you know, card, and and both our Pfizer shots done. Yeah, nice. I've never felt so healthy over this whole COVID. Not a not a cold, except I got allergies today. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You got to be careful with that. What was I going to say? There was a question here that went by that I wanted to ask you. Carry on as you were. I just want to make mention that it's because of the vaccines that we really are getting our our lives back to work again. I know. Totally. Oh, here it is, um, Darren James Smith. What do you think? Oh, it just went by now. Uh, what do you think of Pete's newest release of High on Sunday? 
I didn't know. Pete had a new release. Is it with Michelle Wright? He's playing guitar for Michelle Wright. I'm not sure. There you go, Christine. Darren well, I'll be calling Pete as soon as we finish this and figure out why he's um, blackballing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to all check out that release then. I'm not. I wasn't. You know, I, I, you, you know, you you call up Pitsy and go, I. I just recorded another song with somebody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You either are aware of it or you're not. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. such a funny thing. Good for you. <laughs> People all think that we're because we're in bands together at one time, we're sort of like, we're all like neighbors and we're out like watering the lawn going, hi, George. Oh, you know, like, how's that the new recording great. going? Yeah. Yeah. That's not how that works generally, no. Another one from Andrew Treadwell. Gotta ask, Darren, how did you find working with Veroni? Was there more comedy than music? <laughs> no, I think it was equal. Phil, yeah. Phil actually, I think Phil actually. I got along with him famously, and uh, I picked him up at uh, Harrisburg Airport, met him in the car, and uh, he's he's like most musicians I know that are they're they're very sensitive people, <laughs> and. Um, and I love the guy, and I had more fun with that guy. And plus, he eats uh, oysters, so that would take off a lot and go and do that together. That was a weird There one. you go. Which dog is that now, Fitzy? Who's that now? Gracie. 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 Fitz has Beautiful. over 35 dogs living in his house right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like the set of 101 Dalmatians, but it's just 101 different dogs. It's just funny, like uh, if you look at, look at everybody's like we're all in our houses, and it's just there's so many variables. Like my wife walks by, and my dogs come in, and you know, Darby, <laughs> you're in your kitchen, and Todd, you know, we're all just like, it's just funny how this is the new normal. But Darren, Darren's in a commune, so he's he. Well, yes, yeah, but I also have banished all my ex-wives from walking. <laughs> Never banished, but when they hear this, or if they watch it, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it's best not to give out your address. Then That's the important. Thing. <laughs> That's great. So what? Uh, so like you say, it's funny because you know when when you're talking about what went away during during covid and what's coming up post covid it's still so early to be talking about it but yeah i guess it's exciting hey darby has there been any mention for yourself as far as like shows dates beyond edmonton with Tuke on august 14th yeah actually we're getting calls i've got shows in september and november uh, but once again it's still such a crapshoot it's so liquid knowing i mean buying tickets to get on a plane is frightening that you just don't get that money back if they decide to change the rules while you're flying somewhere it's uh, yeah and and then how many people are actually willing to come out and sit in a in a room if there isn't COVID restrictions and uh, there isn't a call for double vaxes and uh, it, it's a shit show. It, I think it'll uh, be the, I think this, <laughs> this trip to Edmonton is going to be the great experiment for us. Anyway, we'll let you know how it goes, Darren. I, I, I you know how it goes with our trip to Edmonton. Hopefully it'll be pretty painless. And, um, if you guys don't make it in, am I supposed to do your set alone? <laughs> That's yeah. a good question. Yes. Please don't just, do that to me, please. Just bring in your, your new guitar player, Brian Jasper. <laughs> I play some songs. Yeah. 
I'm dropping his name. Just throw him to the wolves. Yeah, exactly. that's it. We'll just, we, we'll just jam for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really we're hope gonna, you make it. That's for sure. That's the plan. Yeah, I that's think we're going to have to do like yeah. one COVID test here in the U.S. and then a COVID test right at the border and then another COVID test to get back in three days to the U.S. So we'll have like, yeah. I'm told, I'm told going back to the U.S. is like not really a thing. Fitz and I were just talking to people who've been traveling back into the U.S. from Canada and they say they don't even ask. So I don't know how that works, but. Okay. I well, we'll I just talked to the Shania Twain tour director. Okay. Right. And he said he just did it and had to. Oh, to okay. Coming back to the U.S. Okay. Well, there you go. But maybe it's different depending on the port. It probably is. And it probably the is day. All depending on the port. And, and the day. Yeah. And who you get. And, yeah, exactly. Who, who's the person that you get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all going to be wild. And to do a test before you get on a plane, 72 hours before, it has to be within, you know, your, your departure. I went to the walk-in clinic just for fun yesterday to get a, a heads up for us. And that sounds like they, fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wanted to figure out what the hell's going on. So I, I said, Hey, can we do a PCR test? Cause we have to do PCR. That's the, you know, the full on, uh, not the rapid one. Yeah. So and they said, well, you know, we can't guarantee you'll get the results in 24 hours. It could take three days. So here we go. Now we got to figure out and find a place that, you get a, a quick test and uh, well i would say as long as you do it two days in advance probably because because it has to be like it can't be long older than three days old uh when you go to the airport right that's correct it's supposed so, to yeah, be two days you have to have a negative result two days prior to right. getting on i guess the plane yeah Okay, hey, and well, just for the record, it's not a secret, but Todd and I have already had COVID, and we got through right. it, and it sucked. But you know, we're we're kind of like we feel well. We we probably have some form of antibodies in us, as well as being vaccinated. So, but it doesn't matter. You got to show your vaccine card, and you got to show. I actually saw. Yeah. I helped my parents get theirs. Canada has a pretty cool little card with a QR code on the back. Oh yeah, that's do, right. Yeah, we just have a piece of paper, but just still, yeah. you know, valid a card yeah. in the states. But uh, yeah, so we should, we should probably get the ours laminated or something. Take a picture of it and put it in your luggage. This is the yeah. new normal. Like this, yeah. this is crazy shit. But just people to go talk and do about it. Gig. People talk about it like it's crazy, though. I mean, I don't know for the rest of us who've been to South America or India or anywhere else. There's yellow fever vaccines. There's all kinds of yeah. vaccines I've had to have and Brent's had to have. I don't know what you guys. I'm sure Corey has had it, too, because Corey's been some crazy places, too, um, that you've had to have vaccines for whatever crazy stuff they got going on down there. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, it's it's weird, but it's not as weird as it's as it could be. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got sicker from my yellow yellow fever vaccine that I did from the covid one. I didn't feel anything from the covid one at all. You got sicker from that. But yeah, was the yellow fever for India or was that for South America? It was South Africa. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been there yet. And that knocked you out like for a day or so. I felt really, really weird, really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's well. That's the thing. They they give you a little bit of hey, we don't want you to get yellow fever. So here's a little bit of yellow fever for you. Now go home. Kind of what the COVID shot is too, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's all, you know, we try to put some. Take that, take that. <laughs> jab, jab. No, I went well, and had it done. I mean, it's the only way we're going to be able to get back to what we do, right? Exactly. That's the big thing is, is, is trying to get back to some sense of normalcy. Question from my eight-year-old, Rory. Why or how did Harem Scaram choose that creepy doll for the self-titled album cover? He doesn't like it. 
Johnny Langdon. Um, Langdon. That's your complaint, buddy? Okay. Um, <laughs> He's eight. Uh, He's eight. Well, when you sign to a, a major record label, you really don't get to say what's on the cover of the album. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> um, it could have been worse. It could have been a clown. Um, um, yeah. I, I don't know. It, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. Yeah, that's a, I I forgot about that. That was kind of a creepy one. I guess it wasn't that creepy because I'm not eight, but at the time it was. Uh, <laughs> if you had it on CD, that doll would have been about this big. Exactly, that's true. Well, that is. Aren't true. all clowns creepy though? That's what it I is. Hear. Kind of a. I never really I thought so. of it, but it's an actual coulophobia is the actual term for fright, fear of clowns. I. Oh really? But, uh, it never really bothered me, but. I do sort of look at them sideways now and go like, yeah, this is kind of a bizarre image. Like, you know, you see those sad clown velvet paintings that you would see and you'd be like, this is bizarre and creepy. Yeah. And hideous. Chantel hates clowns. Uh. Hey, Todd, Christelle's online. Christelle Dussault. No way. Yeah. Where is she? She's commenting. She said, our card is a cutie. That means the uh, the vaccine card in Canada. Oh, yes. Yes. That is very, very helpful. She's been traveling back and forth, actually doing gigs. She's been our our uh, our test to see how it's been working. So we've been Christelle DeSalt from, uh, from Snake Oil. Yeah, from Winnipeg. That's yeah. the uh, m- most French name I've ever heard, Christelle DeSalt. Mm-hmm. She sounds like a, like a Parisian actress from the 30s. Christelle DeSalt. <laughs> she's an amazing singer and an amazing talent if you guys get to see a group called snake oil come to your town you should go see them mm-hmm. uh, I see Deneen is on here I saw Deneen yeah yep. Who else? Pennywise is not creepy from... <laughs> <laughs> Pennywise is not creepy yeah I know there we go I picked that album up at Sam the Record Man based on the album cover alone was in love the minute I played it and have never looked back Sam the Record Man. That's that's nice to hear, isn't it? I wish Sam the I Record know. Man was still around. I bought all my good records at Sam the Record Man. Yeah, if, if you've <laughs> se- if you've been to a Sam the Record Man, you don't need ID. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. I was just watching the uh, the Gordon Lightfoot documentary, which is on Hulu, which everybody should watch. Um, but of course, they show you know Toronto, and they'll just show like the old, and you're like, "There's the old Sam, the Record Man," and that whole. And you're like, "Oh, I forgot about iconic, that. yeah, super iconic, yeah." In you Toronto, guys must have went through the Gasworks or Larry's Hideaway or anything. I played right. Gasworks uh, not long before it finally went away, but yeah, yeah, I don't know what year that was. What year did it close? Early nineties, mid nineties. Oh, they're doing a documentary about it. Right? Are they really? Wow, they should. That was a really great room. Toronto is an underrated um, spot, you know. When you consider the Stones that played the Horseshoe and stuff like that, you know, they do warm up shows Combo. in Toronto. What's Elmo Combo? That's right. Yeah, yeah they do the Elmo Combo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they got to do the free concert Nashua. Oh, is that was that the one based around Keith's um, yeah. issues back in the seventies? Yeah, I don't think yeah. I was old enough for. No, I mean, none of us would have been. Keith was uh, popped for um, recreational pharmaceuticals when he was in Toronto you back in the seventies. Glorious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I try to make it sound less offensive. 
A and A Records. Lori Lynn pointed out A and A Records was our records and it was A and A Records and tapes. I don't mean to correct you, Lori. <laughs> That's where I got all my all my records from. That sure. was in was that in Alberta? Was it in Saskatchewan as well, or was that just Alberta? It was. It was right next door to Radio Shack. <laughs> I, I, was oh, I miss Radio Shack. Records when I was fourteen years old. But isn't Radio Shack still around in some fat? Like, aren't there still all the source now? I think. Yeah. Really. Wow. Hey guys, I'm running out of power. Great to see you oh. again. And hopefully, we'll we'll see you in Edmonton in a couple of weeks. All right. Take care. Travel safe. Okay. We will okay, see you. Sure. Bye. 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 See you soon see you on stage. Bye-bye. See everybody in Edmonton. Bye. I was going to ask her to stop by Radio Shack and pick me up some nine volts. <laughs> Some well, those headphones, those big plastic <laughs> yeah. headphones, they were great for drumming the tunes with. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. What was the what was their brand? Remember, realistic, Nova. realistic. Yeah. yeah, but Nova uh, yeah. was the white ones. Remember those? Oh, yeah. You, put oh, yeah. On, you could yeah. you could hear your crappy stereo receiver, and it block out enough of the drums that you could actually not there drown it out. Yeah. And then remember the Tandy computers. Wasn't oh, Tandy. Tandy. That? Tandy. No, that's Radio yeah. Shack. Like you had a, an answering oh, wow. service yeah. would be Tandy or some shit. Yeah. Tandy, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. We're old. <laughs> we're freaking old, you guys. <laughs> we live in the, possibly the best time of music, though. I we know. did, yes. Oh, absolutely. Did. I have yeah, to I say. Just absolutely. The 60s, but it was so oh. popular. We got this. There is freaking thing, kids. Nights a week. Is that is that a realistic? Eight track? No, that's a Sony. I found this. Check it out, Sony guys. Eight track. track, ready to go. That's amazing. It's in amazing ready. shape. It looks show oh room ready. Like, did you get? Did you get in a time machine and buy that thing? Or <laughs> just during COVID, I've been going through stuff, old eight tracks and cassettes, and I have your Age of Electric cassette somewhere over here, Todd. You know that, right? Amazing. Wow. Yeah. On cassette. They're all yeah. on cassette. The initial ones. Yeah, we didn't have the money to make CDs, compact discs. What are we for the future here? I'm like, slow down. We're making cassettes here. I only remember when CDs took over. All I remember is they sounded horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. The amazing thing was. In the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing that you can come up with a whole new format and make the entire world go out and buy all their favorite records again? What you know, about yeah. what the digital cassette? Oh, wow. What? I forgot oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, That's, I remember that. How many, I bought a couple of those going, these are never going to fly. <laughs> oh, wow. You couldn't play them in a regular analog cassette player, but that's so funny. Yeah, Darren, did, did you ever have super slider snow skates? <laughs> super slider snow skates. I probably have a new hip because of one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Not all that. <laughs> oh man, you don't Dave wishes I he could get the AOE debut on CD. That that, that uh-huh. doesn't exist, right, Todd? Dave, who? Dave's Dave not Marshall. David Marshall. Oh, Dave Marshall. Wow, okay. Uh, no, it never existed on CD. We'd have to do a... CDs were the late 80s. Yes, I remember I remember the introduction, but I don't think I, I had a, a CD until somewhere in the 90s, I think, because we were traveling around with a boombox you know, yeah. you know, when we were traveling, and we literally just had a thing full of cassettes. Todd, how old were you when you moved from Sask- Estevan, Saskatchewan? I wasn't even one years old. I was born in Estevan, Saskatchewan, then we moved to northern Ontario. Uh, nor- northern Manitoba, I apologize. And then we moved back to Saskatchewan when I was about 12, 13. Fitzy fired up his DeLorean and scored an A-track machine. Brian Allen, not from <laughs> <Absolutely>. Toronto. Absolutely. <laughs> not, not Brian Allen from Toronto. <laughs> no, not, not Brian Allen. 
the uh, band's uh, Toronto. Right. I've yeah. got every single cassette and vinyl I ever bought in single. I used to DJ dances when I was a young kid because I figured. Oh really? I figured it's too hard to learn how to play an instrument yet, so I'll just play other people's music. It's kind of like being in a cover band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of is. Yeah, it's, it's the same effect. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I have every single one of them, and and every time I you know get divorced, I get my records out there real fast. <laughs> I appreciate that you know that what's important though. Yeah, got to get the records. Let's go. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Absolutely. But there's that explains the multi instrumentalist, the triple threat that you are, and that's why because we, we all come from that sink or swim cover band world where you had to play everything and sing and play different instruments, right? It yeah. kind of was like the breeding ground for for multitasking, and uh, and we're still building off it. Yes, Kevin Ganley just asked me survival. If, uh, if Make a Pesta Pet was on CD. Yes, Pe Make a Pesta Pet was on CD. I have and that so here The previous self-titled album, which we call Untitled Album in 95, was also on CD. But the, the independent records we made, there was find it. Electric was the first one, then one called Latest Plague were both made on cassette. And then from there, we kind of got, you know, got with the times, as it were. Well, we had a label involved, as right. Darren pointed out, that right. that's when things sort of changed. Look, I got Harem Scarum stuff, too, but... Oh, oh, wow. There you that's go. My brother, that's my oh, brother yeah. John on the cover. When I said oh, that, it's just too sensitive. It's the, I didn't mean like, I'm going to break out crying if you don't hold up a stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just He's on like, the other side, and I'll knock, over, I'll knock over my camera and lights. <laughs> but I got harem scarum CDs. I got everything. I mean, if, you, if I liked it from it's, when I collected music from, it, yeah. you know, the early, from the late seventies. So I had, I had probably had mood swings when it came out after hearing it on the radio first time. I like the record. It's just, it's just really raw. Ah, there's super, super slider snow skates. Oh, yeah. those are the best. <laughs> My hip hurts already. <laughs> I know. Right? It's such a janky design really, it's isn't it? liners for crazy. That's a toque album cover right there. Oh, a giant really is, music, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Susie Lamphier just pointed out, remember when Beta was supposed to wipe VHS off the map? Yeah. The funny thing is that everybody knew that Beta was actually technically a better, better. quality uh, viewer at the time. Mm -hmm. But VHS, I can't remember how it worked. The company that came up with the Beta held on to the, the Sony. copyright. Sony. So Sony held on to it. And so you could only buy a Sony Beta player. But VHS had put it out to everybody. So you could buy every different kind of company had a VHS player. And that's how VHS overtook beta in the market. But apparently betas were what they were using at like... What, better uh, quality tape? It was better quality tape, technically. That's oh, what yeah. they were using. If you went to like news, your local news channel or whatever, they everything they had was a was a beta, beta machine. Max. Yeah, right. they had beta max. Right. So, right. so like off an inch by the width and the length of the thing. That's about the size of a beta, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's I, 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 That's all I know. That's all I know about the beta versus VHS. Yeah, they were, they were better quality. It just never caught on. It never caught on because of the, the marketing of it just became more selective. So they just kind of bailed on it. But we can answer questions all day. Wait, wait a second. Why did Harem Scare change funny. their name to Rubber for a short time, Rob Fraser? Hmm. Well, was that, a, was that a 90s thing? Well, I think really what happened was the bet we were re we were writing a record but they were listening to like harry was listening to like the odds and this these toronto style kind of they were kind of not i don't want to say they sound like crowded house but they lent more to that than to the big 
harmony kind of rock and and we tried it and and it did okay but we called it we called the band rubber uh, how did it go <laughs> it was, we called the the band rubber for whatever the reason was it's hard to remember all this stuff isn't it it is i mean the first record i ever made i was 15 years old in the punk band and, and that's uh, right and uh and, yeah i i don't know i mean now i realize how old i am it's a tissue real quick all that discussion about super slider snow skates hurt my brain it's been a wicked ride that's all i can tell you man that's I love all it. that matters i met some of the most amazing people traveling around the world i've got more friends than any man has the right to have i fucking love them all man that's because while you're on this earth here. if you don't get the best of this planet well you're wasting your time probably some of ours word word amen if you Actually, can't be love be kind man. i like it I like the way you think, sir. That's almost feels like a good way to go out on this. Should we? Well, you know what? Let's make a hippie commune. So. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Oh, Wish, that's amazing. So you have no plans on returning to Vegas anytime soon. You don't know what's going on. You have no idea what the future holds at this point. If I get a text, I might beat this uh, transmission. Admitted <laughs> 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 the doors are open for us to do what we do. Uh, that's, I mean, that's all I'm good it's for. On. To be honest with you, it's on. Yeah, yeah. real jobs—they're horrible. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, real jobs are not uh, not recommended. Uh, Did you have a uh, a real job, Darren, at any point in your life? Yeah, I was uh, like I was a uh, manager of a Sunrise Records when I was fourteen. Um, Sunrise, there's another one. Yeah, okay. I, I tried a couple of things when I was between uh, bands, which is weird, right? <laughs> between bands, yeah. I'm going to try a job. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm not built for that kind of stuff. It's it's a whole other thing. Meanwhile, we we're talking carrying all the heavy stuff for you, and then you got to carry heavy stuff. <laughs> well, you just screwed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this base is heavy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's your base. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, Todd, did you have a real day job? I've had uh, yeah, for a while there I we painted houses um when I first moved to Vancouver and we decided we weren't well cuz the cover thing had kind of dr dried up a little bit and we decided we were going to be a a real band now so we just painted houses and stuff like that. Um but that was mostly, uh, you know, it was basically like kind of like a student summer job kind of thing. It was never really intended to be a real professional type thing. We just did it to make some cash. I thought maybe you'd helped out at a hospital too, Todd, or something. I did. Uh, I did for a while end up going into, uh, uh, they hired a bunch of like tattooed, long-haired guys to work in halfway houses with um, guys who were fresh out of jail. And, hmm. and also coupled up with people who had uh, guys who had suffered head injuries. So it was all it was all all male generally, and they just right. thought that these jail guys would somehow be able to kind of like I don't know, like would kind of find it more comfortable to hang out with guys with long hair and tattoos. I guess they thought we looked kind of we didn't. <laughs> I don't understand what that was, but so basically, you just kind of hung out and you know sometimes went and played pool and. That's pretty Got cool. Coffee and commendable. With it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've done a few of those kind of things, but uh, that was back when I, you know, I, I had kids and I was trying to, you know, 
same as Darren was just saying, when the music kind of would dry up, it'd be like, okay, well, now I got to figure out how to keep the lights on. Yeah. Thank God that yeah. none of that really took. Hey, Corey, if you man? hadn't been uh, discovered busking, you probably would have yeah. been uh, in the video business or like with computers and you would, probably would have been really successful. Corey no question. Out completely into computer animation, which is a pretty good place to check out into. Um, and then all of a sudden, Shania Twain came calling. But yeah, you were already sort of set up in, uh, was it Beast Wars? Was that the show you were doing? Yeah. In Canada, it was called Beasties Transformers because they right. didn't want war to be in a kid's show. Right. But everywhere right. else in the world, it was syndicated. It was called Beast Wars Transformers. Um, so I had already been working as an animator for six months doing that. Were they actually I, related to the Transformers Transformers in any way? Yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. Okay, there you go. Yeah, there but they were they were animals. Like, uh, you know, right. like the bad guys were dinosaurs, and the good guys were like cheetahs and yeah, and gorillas. But they would turn into you know transform into vehicles fighting. and yeah, ah, that resembled gorillas. Or I remember that now. Yeah, no, Corey had Corey had kind of like checked into all that, and then all of a sudden he got that call, and now he's here. You very just call all that. Just before that, I actually worked as a laborer on a TV set. So oh, all wow. the carpenters were making set pieces for, I, I forget what TV show it was. I was like sweeping up sawdust and, and taking all the scrap pieces and making, I made a fiddle case out of scrap pieces of wood. <coughs> and all the, all the carpenters showed me how to use all the tools and stuff. No and way. that was my, my busking fiddle case that I opened for spare change was this thing no that I way. made. Yeah, as a laborer. So that's so funny. Wow. And also, what when TV show? I don't remember what the TV show was. I'd love to know what TV when, show. When was. you did yeah. get a call, uh, or somebody on Shania's management behalf or whatever called you, you did not even take it serious, or you didn't call them back right away. They had to call you twice, right? No, because they didn't say it was for Shania Twain. They said it was for. They said they they uh, it was for somebody that they represented, uh, Mercury Records in Canada. And right. I knew a couple of artists on Mercury Records, and one of them was Shania. But I was like, no, well, it's not Shania, so it's got to be these other ones. Probably just breaking some guy in Alberta or something. Sure. Um, and I had just gotten out of the business, so I thought I'd, I'd be jumping back in and, you know, eating uh, hand to mouth. So um, I just decided that I was going to get out and get a, a real job that had a future that, you know, with benefits and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and you know, and it was right around the time of, of grunge, too. And, and, you know, like we were just talking about, it was like, well, I don't know what I have to offer in the grunge world. I mean, Todd, you totally adapted, but I, I you know, I'd work so hard to practice playing guitar. <laughs> to, uh, stop to, practicing. Yeah, <laughs> I have to dumb it down a little bit, and, and I just didn't want to do that, you know, so I got, in, got out of the business. Yeah. And then Backstreet Boys came along, and I was back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is funny that the, uh, I mean, when you think back on that period, I think my my musician musician hustle game was different back then because it was more about, you know, during that phase of like, you know, you, you want to get like with Harem Scarum, it's like, I guess you kind of, did you kind of bounce in and out of like the cover band kind of thing? You, you could find gigs like that and then kind of go back and do the your original stuff? Well, no, once I c committed to Harem Scarum, we were called Hess in the beginning. We didn't have a name. Harem Scarum is a uh, Elvis movie and it's a Bugs Bunny movie. And then Warner hmm. 
kept giving us stuffed animals and people kept whipping stuffed animals and I'm like I'm just glad they weren't whipping like Elvis dolls at us <laughs> but, um, we 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 had one record and a pile of songs and then we'd go out and have to play a pile of covers to fill a whole night sure we, yeah we'd play Brantford and you know everywhere you know the brick and and uh Quebec and stuff and and you, you do it that way and then that's sort of how you find out your sound i think you know you play the songs you like to play and if people are responding well you rip them off and do a whole record of them <laughs> there you go there you go yeah yeah it's funny i mean fitz did you have any jobs i remember you used to work at the arena in winnipeg or something didn't you well, as a kid, I wanted to be closer to my favorite sports heroes and music heroes. So the very appropriate job at the time was sell drinks and popcorn at the arena and the stadium. Right. So, yeah, I got a gig basically, you know, I mean, I liked the idea of being at the arena, but it was a shitty job because, you know, like the drinks, you get this tray and it would just be like, you know, peanuts, popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I was that kid. But you know what? When the when the bombers were playing, I was watching the game. I wasn't doing yeah, a very good job right. of selling. And I, I <laughs> like I worked a bunch of concerts. I worked. A, I'll never forget like when David Bowie came at stadium level, you know, through uh, a serious Moonlight tour and all that. I was working those those gigs as a the kid. Glass, was you? Did you see the Glass, glass Spider tour with uh, mm -hmm. your Frampton on guitar? Yeah, yeah. Fitz used to work. Alan, not from not from the band Toronto, says Fitz used to work at Drums Unlimited. Well, I took lessons there. There you go. True, or false? true too. Yeah. Okay. So before I had a job at the drum store, yeah, I sold popcorn and peanuts, but they actually politely fired me. And the guy oh. who fired me said, Brent, he goes, look, I know, you know, I hate to say it, but you're always watching the game. And, and he always noticed when the bands were backstage, because where we would come into the Winnipeg arena to go and get, you had to get a number came early before the the event or the sporting you know or concert and if you came early you got a better number and then you could choose okay i want to do the ice cream bars instead of popcorn or peanuts or whatever you know and uh but i was always never high uh, i never had the good numbers but so i would look and notice the bands that would be you know like setting up and sound check and i would sneak over as a little kid and go backstage and go you know walking around near the dressing rooms and stuff because i was in the building because I got right. to sell popcorn. So I kind of used it as an abusive privilege. And then, the, you know, the guy that hired me was like, Brent, I love you, but um, I have to fire you because you don't sell anything. And then I eventually got a job teaching music at Drums Unlimited uh, a couple years after that. Do what you want and you'll go far. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. That's but I remember I, I went to. I went to an interview at Burger King because your parents, you know, are, um, of course, my dad at the time was like, hey, uh, they're hiring at Burger King down the way. Uh, and uh, I guess he thought maybe that would be a, a suggested like, well, maybe you want to, you know, put a couple hours in at Burger King. I remember I went for the interview and the first question was, will you be wearing a hairnet? Right, Brent? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be right on that. And I was like, fuck that. Nope, I'm not wearing a hairnet. And I answered the ad for the drum store the next day, and I showed up down at the, the, uh, the, the at Drums Unlimited. And I asked, and I had shopped there a bunch as a kid, you know, buying drumsticks and all that. But sure, I had told the, the guy, uh, Kerry, the owner, I said, no, man, I, I, I'm here for your, because it was a teaching job, right? And they were like, yeah, but you're 15. And I'm like, trust me, man, if you, you give me a chance, you know, I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll be your guy. But it was that or the hairnet at Burger King. So 
Well, in reality, <laughs> as a as a young as a young you know fifteen years old, you're still going to be probably teaching people who are considerably younger than that. So, I would imagine yeah. it doesn't matter if you're fifteen or or thirty five. It's like you should be able to teach an eight year old how to start out on a drum kit or whatever, right? Yeah, well, there was young kids that were a lot younger than me, but then there was some older, you know, guys who were just wanting to, you know, get some some rudiments or just have some fun. I remember one of the guys, he was like a Shriner, you know, like a um, in the no Shriner way. band, and he came and, and I, you know, set him up with all his rudiments and everything. He was happy, but he was, a, you know, an older guy, and he was like, I, I'm not sure I can get this, I'm not sure I can wrap my head around this 15-year-old kid's going to teach me drum lessons, but that's hilarious. Hey, I didn't want to have that hairnet. No way. <laughs> no way. And to this day, I always bust my dad. I'm like, you know, you almost made me, you know, it wasn't his fault. He was just like, he didn't know about the, the drum gig that was, you know, at, at Drums Unlimited. So I went and found that myself. So that's it. That's a job. I think, I think that's actually a pretty good, you know, that, that's pretty much the, the goal in life now is just stay away from the hairnet, right? I mean, we're all trying to like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep yep. away from the hairnet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think Christine is the, uh, honorary listener of the day she absolutely she's, is uh, she's your biggest fan darren harem scarum has its own unique sound no ripoffs at all there's no rock band that can harmonize like you and pete lesperance's guitar playing is godsend mm. there you go that's very kind of you christine thanks for uh, participating christine thank you, you for showing your love for darren all of you and thank you for being here darren thank you so much for coming down it's an honor my friends it's good to we've been talking about we've been back and forth on this for about like three months i'm like hey darren you want to hey darren hey and you're like, like yeah, sure. thinking in little windows in the home <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly well keep in touch man and if you you know if you get the text and you're on your way on your way to vegas let us know and we'll uh, i will let you know we'll I'll go to, somebody to get me at the airport <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh, by the way I, I promised that we would say uh hi to april bike we have a mutual friend oh of oh, course yeah. awesome. yes. i think yeah, she lives think- over in like 20 minutes or 50 minutes from here oh there you go on I a different she chimed in on here earlier <laughs> yeah that's Did awesome she- yeah, right. April well, Bitch, uh, she said she saw Todd at the Gasworks. She chimed in earlier on one of really? her comments. Wow. I think we only played Gasworks once a long time ago. We loved it, though. It was like, you know, because knowing that it's like, you know, Max Webster's played here or whatever, you know, it's like there's so much history in that building. I still can't right. the Max Webster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Enough, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not that long ago, I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, witness to a Sebastian Bach pummeling of a bunch of strangers with very loud Max Webster. Americans going, what is this he's playing? <laughs> it's Max Webster. It's You have to be, be from Canada. You'll understand. Oh, he was like the nicest. <laughs> <laughs> he was DJing as only oh. Sebastian could DJ. Oh. Just cranking up music at the party. And I'm like, you know, you're in like Florida listening to you know, classic Paradise Skies and you know <laughs> borrowed shoes and all that stuff. And I'm like I'm looking around and I go, me and Sebastian are the only two people here who know these yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're just like, he just, that's the way he, that's the way he operates. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it was really great yeah. hanging out with you, brother. And let's keep yeah. in touch. And like I said, when you get back here, which you most certainly will, once things kind of open up, because that's the funny thing is, is the States are kind of opening. So your world, the, uh, the red dragon world might be opening in a way that you'll be, Asked to be down here quicker than you uh, than you anticipate. Better get a haircut. Yep. <laughs> By the way, Peggy uh, Sotosanti says all four of you are winning at the hair game today. 
Wow. All right. Oh, yeah, nice. we knew that. <laughs> we knew that. I know what? Just I, glad we still have hair. That's exactly. all I got to say. That's, that's the Just glad thing, we still man. have some. Exactly. Yep. Word. Yep. All right, Darren. All right. We'll keep in touch. And yeah, thank you so too, much, man. everybody, for being here. We, uh, yeah, right good to see you online, Darren. You. Yeah. Look to Absolutely. see you in person, too, soon. And thank you to Darby, by the way. That was awesome. Don't yes. forget, we're yeah. going to be in Edmonton on uh, August 14th, playing at the Rockfest with Tom Cochran and, is it Prism? I'm sorry. I'm trying Last to Tiger. Last Tiger. Prism? Last Tiger. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Tom Cochran and Red Rider, also Glass Tiger and Took with Darby Mills. It's going to be a big one. Y'all should come out. And and you should all go out and buy everything that Darren, Darren uh, James Smith has ever been a part of right now. We should all go out and buy. Yes, it. absolutely. On a track. All right, man. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. Big love. Thanks again. Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday.